Hey everyone, we're back with another episode of the Find Your Film Podcast for the week ending August 20th, 2021. We just got off the a Zoom interview with Luz, the Flower of Evil filmmaker, writer, Juan Diego Escobar Alzate, Eric Holmes, aka the Holmesy Mountain. How did that interview go? How did we do? Did we, what would you grade our, we grade him an A. How did we do as interviewers, Eric? What do you think? How, how did that go? You and Bruce, I would give an A. Me, I would give a uh, in for nerding out too much. <laughs> well, to but, uh, Eric, he, he was a great guy. I loved having him. Listeners, to Eric's point, well, hold on one second. I'm, I'm going to say this right now. Hold on. Wait one second. One second. You know what's going to be funny? You're going to hear a, a Deandra. I am on the. I am currently doing a podcast. Say say hi to Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky. Yeah, do you got Eric and Bruce? You know her voice very well. Do you, do you know where her voice comes from? The phone. The, not very good, Eric. You and your you you and lose the. You were so smart with lose the flower of evil. How can you be so so superficial with this? No, she is the opening voice of cinematics. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. So, anyways, she's famous. She's famous. She's famous. <laughs> By the way, your check is not in the mail, but I'll call you back later after the podcast. Okay. 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 Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Yeah, she's she's owed about five million dollars. Don't tell anyone. Does anyone listen to this podcast, Bruce? Do you, can we? Should I edit that that she's owed five million dollars and we can't get it to her? Um, I don't know if anyone can hold you accountable for that. So, <laughs> by the way, I would give myself an incomplete on the interview. <laughs> Bruce, can you get off this podcast? Your audio is freaking horrible. Are you a professional or what? <laughs> what is going on with you, buddy? What's going on? Can you tell our listeners and viewers will know what's going on with you? Well, we had a tornado warning, like probably what, five minutes before the, uh, the interview was supposed to start. So we were literally in a storm shelter. Then the electricity went out and actually electricity just came back on. <gasps> wow. That just came back. Well, you have, you have a choose your own adventure, Bruce. Would you, <laughs> would you, do you want to go back to your, to your wonderful family in Alabama? Do you want to go home to electricity, hot food, hot food, unconditional love? Or would you rather stay in your car on an iPhone talking to me and Eric? Which choose your own adventure, well, Bruce Perky? I think we just power through with this, man. This is like... <laughs> Okay, that that is family man Bruce Perky. <laughs> until until someone comes out here and drags me back in, I'll yeah, be in so, trouble. So, listeners, just a, a quick visual for you audio files out there listening to the podcast. Bruce Perky is in his car. I'm assuming by the driveway next to his house, in front of his house, recording on his iPhone Zoom wise. I've never I've never <laughs> used Zoom on my iPhone. That takes a lot of dedication. I told I specifically told Bruce he could just cash it in this week. Have have a good time. Does not have to talk about any of these films. And he said no. He wanted to trudge on and just do the show. What do you think, Eric? You impressive? I, I think I think it shows a lot of dedication on Bruce's part. And that's why we have him here. That's why we have Bruce. And and Eric, I'm gonna tell you right now, if the power goes out in my house, actually it's my mom's house and she has a mortgage and my sister, I'm I'm a, I'm a poor podcaster, you know. So I make my, I make all my money from find your film. So I'm I'm in the I'm in the red. I'm in the double red. <laughs> I'm in I'm, I'm in the Dario Argento red. So no, no, uh, if you expect me. To actually do a podcast when there's no electricity, don't. I'm I'm not I'm not doing the podcast. I don't have that dedication, Bruce. So I apologize. You are the better, okay? And I'm sure Eric, you do you do the same. If there's no air, and if, if there's no electricity, you'd still you'd still power power through. I yeah, probably. Uh, maybe on the maybe on the phone like Bruce is doing, but yeah, it's I mean doing this in uh, three different states is tough to do without power. So I guess he could buy it wherever he can. Okay. Yeah. We yeah. But, it's good to know that two out of the three podcasters on Find Your Film are very dedicated cinephiles and podcasters. So thank you, Bruce, for joining us. At, you know, it, when I told you you could have you left, but props to you. But you know what? There's a reason why Bruce Perky probably wants to be with us this week, because we have three interesting movies. I am hoping against hope that one of these movies, at least one of you likes. There's a movie, a war movie, a post-World War II movie called The East. There is an animated film called Crypto Zoo. Eric Holmes, were we on drugs or any kind of hallucinogens when we were, when each of us were, were, were checking out CryptoZoo? Bruce, do you think? Maybe. We, yeah? <laughs> yeah, Bruce? Were I we... needed to be. I don't use a lot of drugs at all, really. I don't even drink hardly, but um, yeah, we might have needed some. <laughs> <laughs> we might. There's a movie called CryptoZoo. And finally, Neil Blomkamp's 
latest film. Here's the thing. Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky are, what did I say, huge fans of Neil Blomkamp? They're, they're at least fans. You guys are at least fans of his work, at least? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're actually reviewing the new film, Demonic, directed and penned, really penned by Neil Blomkamp and, and headlined by Carly Pope, who I just interviewed a couple of days ago. You're going to see some of that stuff as well on our Find Your Film podcast feed. But before we get to that, Eric, so what can listeners really, I guess, look forward to regarding this giveaway, Lose the Flower of Evil giveaway that we've been conducting? We just did our interview with, with the maestro, Juan Diego Escobar Alzate. What can, what can viewers expect, listeners expect from for this giveaway that you're doing right now? Well, this week, we're giving away two of the uh, DVDs that Juan Diego so graciously sent us. Um, and there's posters inside of each one of these. And actually, we kind of already gave those away, but that'll come up later in the show yeah you Uh, just you just teased you just teased a listener and you said hey these aren't for you but we we just did that already what is the surviving items from the lose the flower of evil well the surviving item is we have a bunch of uh, posters left we got four post uh three posters left to give away and then the uh the piece de resistance if i may is the Blu-ray, the German Blu-ray of Lose the Flower of Evil. Now, I put this in to check it to see if it would play, and it does, but it plays in Spanish, and it plays in German, with Spanish and German subtitles. So it's going to be, this is going to be more of a collector's <laughs> item than it will be something you can watch, but it also has the soundtrack within it, which is also quite good. What number is that? That's a model number of what? How many? We got number 213 of 333. Uh, okay, so listen. I, I was hoping for number 69 of 333, but okay. you take what you can get. And 213 is a very fun number. Okay, so that's very good. Now, again, 213 out of 333, that's a very limited edition disc, courtesy of Juan Diego Escobar Alzate. Final plug on Lose the Flower of Evil. He mentioned that it's streaming right now on Shutter, Amazon Prime Video, but he was stressing that Definitely physical media is the way to go on DVD and Blu-ray. Bruce, do you think physical media in general is is the way to go in, in many cases? Because I have this conspiracy theory that there are thousands upon thousands of movies that we are skipping because a lot of these streaming outlets don't even carry them. Yeah, we, we I think, have all been on that same train. And it was cool to hear him say the same thing and, and agree with us. And actually, he didn't even agree with us. He just outright said it on his own. So I think he's on the same wavelength. Same wavelength in a lot of ways with us. So uh, he also seemed just like like he'd love to just get on here and talk about movies. So that was pretty cool too. That was amazing. What did you think, Eric? This was the this was the interview that you've been re- really uh, getting excited for. I'm thinking maybe we should have him on sometime in the future if we ever do a, a Yodorowski director spotlight. Could oh. be could be something fun to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've never, are you a Jodorowsky fan, Bruce, yourself? Are you, are you a big, huge guy when it comes to that? Or what do you think? I really like, well, I love hearing the stuff he would have done with Dune, of course. I like Santa Sangra a lot. And I like a lot of the stuff in his big, you know, El Topo and Holy Mountain. But um, those are a lot more just trippy and hallucinogenic, like overall. That's one thing I really appreciate about Loose Flower Evil is it, it has those touches. You can totally see that he could be influenced by Jodorowsky, but he has a story. And a lot of times in some of the like El Topo and some of those, you're like, eh, the story is a little bit, you know, a little bit vague. <laughs> so, Speaking of tales and stories, Bruce has a very wild tale to talk, talk to us later on this episode regarding his What's in the Box segment where you... Uh, little teaser, was, that, was it wild for you, that whole viewing experience for that box to come? What do you think, Bruce? Overall, uh, yes, quite wild. It was. Uh, I've heard about it forever, and I was really interested to finally be forced to watch it. Not that I hadn't got around to it for any other reason. I just hadn't. So yeah, it'll be fun to talk about. Okay, now let's not bury. Well, well the lead was lose the flower of evil. If, if Eric Holmes is concerned, and you know what, I'm going to actually co-sign with Eric Holmes because I saw it recently and I really loved it. And Bruce, after the second time of lose the flower of evil, final thoughts? Did you get more the second time around? Did, did it? I actually did. I feel like the first time you kind of are just in the world and I I think it it hits you. It's so much, especially visually, that sometimes you can kind of get lost a little bit on the story, I feel like. And watching it the second time, I was able to really hone in on like the way he kind of plants a lot of seeds and kind of the way he weaves. I think it went up on a second viewing for me. I mean, I liked it on the first viewing, but I didn't love it. And I really loved it by the time I watched it the second time. 
So uh, this is a, a value-added second viewing. Speaking of value-added second viewings, I think a value-added second viewing, a little teaser on, on something, might be needed for a movie like Demonic. Again, it's directed by Neil Blomkamp, the director of such films as District 9, Elysium, and Chappie. Stars Carly Pope in the lead. Carly Pope, she plays a young woman who is, uh, she has, uh, there's demons in her past regarding her mother's own criminal past. But what happens is there's this way for her to actually uh, rekindle this kind of connection with her mother via some kind of virtual reality tech system that she goes into. It's a weird thing. It's Neil Blomkamp. He's a lifelong lover of video games and that world. Okay. So you get a little bit of that into this, but this is different worlds. There's a supernatural world. There's a virtual reality world where she actually enters a subconscious of her mother, it seems. And both of them are are captured in a video motion cap situation where it looks different than reality. And there's a big, it's called demonic. There's a big demon somewhere within this universe. And there's definitely different layers. Caveat here, because we have to mention caveat every single episode. This is a low budget film. It was shot during COVID-19. And little teaser, I'm so excited to see what Eric and Bruce have to say about this. Neil Blomkamp is a director who other than District 9, which was a huge hit right off the right off the box, movies like Elysium and Chappie, it seems to be these are movies that are appreciated maybe several years in advance. And I want to know if maybe Bruce and Eric loved it from the get-go or hated it from the get-go, or if they do agree regarding that this is a movie that might deserve a second viewing. And maybe several years ago, several years from now, we'll be talking about this in a different light. Eric Holmes, I'm going to start with you regarding Guarding Demonic, I know, again, you're a Blomkamp fan. How did you feel overall about this movie? Um, Well, this, I can't get into it too much because it would give away plot elements, but this movie kind of hit me on a real personal level. Also, the personal level I don't really want to get into, the, uh, the butting heads between the mom and the daughter. There's some shit that went on with me that kind of hit home uh, really close. So that was hard to watch. But in a in a good way, knowing what the movie was going for. As far as like the the visuals when they go into the virtual reality thing, uh, right? That, that really creeped me out. It was kind of like PlayStation Two graphics, but it was like real glitchy looking. Like she'd be walking away, but you see her head, and then the back of her back of her hair would kind of catch up and like cover like you know just weird little stuff like that it kind of i don't know and, and the the background was really pretty but like with all that glitchiness kind of gave it a little bit of uh i don't know may, maybe just since it's called demonic I, I was assuming something scary would happen but it kind of added to that whole you know horror stink i guess the acting <laughs> uh, I, I'm not usually one to uh, comment on acting because I usually think that people say bad acting when they mean bad movie. This, in this case, it didn't quite grab me, and it took. I, and I don't know where to put my finger on or where to put the blame on, but that there were some uh, line reads that felt a little off. But overall, as a uh, concept in a movie, I really did like it, and then all the personal stuff really hit home for me i think on uh, well for me there absolutely will be future viewings of this and yeah overall i liked it i'm not heard some bad things about it and i maybe bruce will get into that yeah maybe bruce will you know i I don't know but uh i'm not well there's been a whole bunch of stuff yeah, yeah the, the, this is a weird one. I, I liked it. I will watch it again. I'll probably watch it a bunch more times. Uh, this doesn't quite hit the same highs as Chappie did for me. Probably a little better than Elysium and about on par with District 9 for me. But I'd, I'd say give it a shot and hopefully a lot of people will. Bruce, I, I like this movie as well. I, I thought it was good for what it was, you know, with with its limited budget when it was shot. I liked ultimately the ideas a lot more than the actual execution of the, the plot. I feel like Neil Blomkamp was thinking on a whole different level thematically. And then when it came to the story, it wasn't as important as the overall universe and that he was trying to create. I still liked the movie and I would recommend it with that, with that special caveat. Now, there's been a lot of complaints about how there were a lot of, a lot of shots taken in this movie, a lot of bad reviews regarding this movie. One reviewer told Neil Blomkamp said, hey, Neil, maybe you should go back to science fiction. Bruce, where do you stand on this? Let's hear your, your honest, um, candid thoughts on this. To me, this is easily his worst movie, by far. By far his worst movie. It's all missed opportunities. 
when I look at this movie. Like, I, I'm kind of with you guys as far, like, I'm with Eric as far as, like, I like this kind of virtual reality world and the idea of going into it. I like how it's all glitchy and it is kind of creepy. But then they don't really do anything with that. Like, literally goes in there and multiple times her mom will say, get out of here. This is dangerous. Don't be in here. So to me, it was like, so it's kind of the equivalent of if you were doing like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, but you don't have anything happen in the dreams. Like you just go into the dream world, and then you get out and everything happens outside of the dream world. The whole point of the movie, this movie is this kind of alternate reality world and how that could have been used in like a billion ways because anything can happen in there. And I could imagine so many things happening in there that didn't happen. But even if you love that stuff, most of the movie isn't that stuff. I wish more of it would have been kind of playing with that science and playing with who the scientists really are, which we're not going to talk about. I would have liked to have seen a lot more of that. Good point. Um, yeah. There are multiple times in this movie where the stuff I wanted to see happened off screen. Like we'll, we'll encounter people. I'm not going to say who we encounter people who have died or almost died or have had a big battle. We don't see the battle. Like, well, show me the battle. I mean, I understand it's, it's got constraints maybe for the um, you know budget and stuff, but then don't make it. If you can't make the movie you want to make, just don't make that movie. Make something else. I kind of agree with Eric. The the acting was a bit awkward. I don't know if that was the script as much. Her there's a friend. Her friend especially was just like this cheery kind of friend out of nowhere, except for one scene, and that was just yeah. No, this movie. Oh, and there's a magical item that pops up towards the end too. That was really cool. No, it wasn't really cool. <laughs> it wasn't really cool. <laughs> this sounds like a very not recommend for you, Bruce. No, this is not a recommend. This this is one of those movies that didn't know what it wanted to be. Like it wanted to be, did it want to be an action, almost over the top B movie, which is what some of the stuff at the end kind of imply. It had a monster that was frankly kind of ridiculous and didn't do anything either. It popped up in a couple scenes and had no effect really on the story. And then it had the science side, which could have been a whole movie. I think one of those two could have been a whole movie that could have been good, but as it was, it was just a, like I said, missed opportunities across the board. So you're saying demonic still has a chance, right, Bruce? Still got a chance? <laughs> no. no, no. This is this is like a sad, sad. It's sad. It's sad. Eric Holmes, you're gonna say? I I will say the monster at the end is pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> more, more of them. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I like the monster. You, you, you see enough of it, I think. But uh, there, there was one part early on that was kind of bugging me that, so she's in the virtual reality and then like the scary stuff happens. And so like, uh, just practically be like, well, just get her out. And so I didn't, I didn't quite understand what, what the uh, stakes were, but then they, they figure that like all, all the, all the big problems I had with the movie, eventually I, I think they iron themselves out and explain themselves. Uh, like uh, so she's gonna go she's gonna go down that uh uh that tunnel thing it's like oh that's dangerous but this is a video game so they can pull her out whenever they want but then you figure out maybe not and then why not is god damn we'd yeah. have to do so we'd did, have to do spoilers for me to go into did we it. mention did we mention her guy friend and the giant ridiculous exposition dump in his little hidden hidden room <laughs> how do you like that you know that's what I, you know that's that what happens <laughs> I, I I have a you know that's what happens you know what uh, you know what uh, Deandra she's my best friend but she's friend zoned me for the last fifteen years you know so this is what happens when you when you're when you're being friend zoned you have this whole military barracks in your house right you just start preparing for the apocalypse Bruce what do you think <laughs> but yeah all that stuff see all that stuff and I'm talking about there's a big thing that happens with the scientists in the second half of this movie I'm not going to say what it is all that stuff is like prime over the top B movie stuff but they never committed to that either. You know what I mean? Like they could have really said, we know this is ridiculous. We're going to really have fun with it. But they kind of tried to play it serious, which didn't made it ludicrous. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Okay. So that is a not recommend for Bruce. Yeah. I recommend it. I recommend demonic flawed film, but it has a lot of ideas going for it. A lot of balls up in the air. I think a couple of these hit though flawed and Eric does recommend it. Final thoughts on demonic from you, Eric. Final, final I th- uh, couple. I think Unfortunately, I think a lot of people will probably be in Bruce's camp, but I I still think there's there's more to be dug out of this one. And I I I I, I wouldn't say this is the worst one. I'd say that's Elysium, but I still like Elysium. So it's okay. you know this is for me this is on par with District Nine, which I also like. And whether you love it or hate it, I still stand by what I said last time. I'm glad he's doing this instead of 
Alien 14 or Avengers 17 or what, yeah. whatever it is. A, a, a hit and a miss on an original idea is better than a sure thing for a franchise movie. Okay. Absolutely. I, I agree with that, too. I mean, he can just keep trying new things and every, most of them are going to probably be great for me. So. Okay, so that is in that is demonic. It's out in select theaters August twentieth, Friday, August twentieth, and then it'll hit on demand and digital August twenty seventh via IFC Films. That is Neil Blomkamp's demonic again. Two recommendations and one no recommendation from Bruce Perky. So our next selection is this movie. You know, I'll, I'll be honest. Again, going back to last episode, I thought Crypto Zoo was going to be some documentary on cryptocurrency because. When we're Come not here. doing the, when we're not when we're not doing the find your film podcast, or I'm not talking to Anderson with cinematics, I have my nose buried deep onto my iPhone, looking at my Coinbase, uh, my Coinbase losses, which is probably going to drive me to the poorhouse in a couple of months. But that, anyways, it is not about cryptocurrency. It is about I think they're called cryptoids or cryptids or crypt something crypt. Crypt Keepers, Crypt Creatures. It's called Crypto Zoo. Crypto Zoo, it's an animated film. It comes out everywhere on August 20th, Friday, August 20th. This movie, it's from visionary comic book writer, artist, filmmaker Dash Shaw, and it centers on Crypto Zoo Keepers. And what happens, I don't even know how to explain this. Crypto, cryptoids or whatever these, there are different creatures that are, that are just roaming the earth and they're in this Crypto Zoo. This visionary, this crypto zoo where hopefully all of these different creatures can, you know, there's unicorns, uh, chimeras, I think. There's I, I, every every creature, you know, under the sun is probably in crypto zoo. And it's a vision that everyone will get along in this crypto zoo. Unfortunately, there is one of these special crypto creatures that has a, a I think it's called a Baku. Bakus are creatures that can actually steal the dreams and nightmares from individual people. They look like really small elephants with a a little trunk that can just suck your brain brain away, not your brain, your memories and everything. So they're very powerful creatures. So the idea is there's these, there's bad people after the Baku and the Baku is somewhere in the crypto zoo. I think somewhere in the, whatever. And there's a big conflict and there's good versus evil all centering around this crypto zoo universe. I tried to explain it, Bruce. Can you tell our listeners your thoughts on CryptoZoo in general? You were the first one listening to watch. To you ex- listening to you explain it was almost more fun than watching the movie. I think it was more fun than watching the movie. <laughs> oh, By the way, it's Vo- no. Lake Bell, Lake Bell, Zoe Kazan, Michael Sarah, Louisa Cross, Peter Stormare, Thomas J. Ryan. These Grace, Grace Zabriskie from uh, Twin Peaks are among the voice talent in CryptoZoo. Sorry, Bruce. This, this movie, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I didn't hate it. I it, it, I laughed a lot. I don't know if I was supposed to laugh a lot, but I did laugh a lot. I, I feel like this is um. Were you not think, moved? Oh, <laughs> no, I was not moved. I, I have a really hard time how to describe this to people because the art style definitely will push some people away, and and I had some issues with it, but I also kind of liked it because it was so. This is such a singular vision. I have to respect that. Like this is someone doing exactly what they want to do, but also how do I describe this? So remember Napoleon Dynamite, there was that girl that he liked that drew a liger. Right. So imagine if that girl that drew the liger took her entire notebook and all of her thoughts while she was getting stoned and turned it into a movie, added some unfortunate sexual scenes in, or maybe fortunate, depending on how you look at it, sexual scenes into it out of nowhere. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know who I could recommend this movie to, honestly. Maybe midnight movie stoner crowd would really, really love it. I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't hate it. I, I, I was sometimes bored. I was sometimes laughing my head off. I was sometimes excited by how crazy it was. So, I mean, it's a, it's a slight recommend for me, but I don't want to recommend it to most people because I think most people will be like, "What are you telling me to watch?" Yeah, this is a recommend for me because it's just so weird. This is one easily yeah. one of the weirdest films I've ever seen in my life. I don't, I will not rewatch this movie. I will say this. I will not rewatch this movie, but it is worth that one watch just to see maybe there might be an eclectic group who will really love CryptoZoo. I'm wondering if one of those people in that eclectic group is Eric Holmes. Eric, what do you think of CryptoZoo? Well, first of all, I hated the art design in this. Didn't like it at all. And the, uh, the animation was really crude. Uh, that's about the best I can say about it, but it kind of works for this. 
Like, because it, it feels like an animated movie pulled right out of the 70s. Like, the, the art style, the animation itself, even the guy's wiener has sideburns, so you know it's from the 70s. The, yeah, this is a very strange movie, and it's weird because at times I'm watching it just wishing that this was like a big budget Jurassic Park in a you know instead of dinosaurs it's it's cryptids that's essentially what this is but then i kind of like as much as i hate the art style it's like when i was wishing that this was a live action movie like a big budget live action movie i'm kind of glad it was the art style it it was and yeah this is i'm kind (laughs) of i'm kind of with bruce i didn't hate it. it it's like a imagine like a you make a casserole and the casserole has like gasoline and toilet paper and warm mayonnaise. And it sounds like, oh, and I ain't going to like that. And you mix it up and you taste it. And it's like, oh, not bad. <laughs> I, I, I kind of see what you did there. That's a worse sounding casserole. Little... That is a worse sounding casserole I've ever heard. Or like if you get a little kid that's like eight years old and you just show them a picture of a casserole. And you say, make this. And that's all you tell them. <laughs> you don't tell them the ingredients. You don't tell them how to do it, how much to do just make it and they'd come up with this you know you're exactly right i had written down like midnight movie throwback this would be a midnight movie in the era of fritz the cat and all that stuff if this came out then i this would be on the midnight movie circuit for sure yeah. this sounds but, like yeah, a recommend they, for you this sounds like a recommend eric it is i just know that <laughs> <laughs> you're in for something but yeah, it, it's weird because the ingredients like someone describing like you know showed like if someone showed me still shots or something of the movie, I'd be like, nope. Uh, someone explained it to me. I'd be like, nope, no, no, all, all the no's. But I'm watching it and I'm just being drawn in. So I I, I don't understand it, but I like do it. You, do you agree, Eric? I think the thing that we're both getting at here is even if it's not really our cup of tea, it's someone's vision. They got their vision that they wanted. And I, and I appreciate that. And yeah. Uh, I, I want to, more of that. And some of those, if people get to do that, you're going to get weird stuff. And every so often you get something that's just your flavor, you know, to a point I'm, I'm wondering <laughs> if, cause like the, like, again, the, the animation is really crude in this. I'm yeah. wondering if this isn't their vision perfectly. And that is to say, you know, Oh, I can't, I can't afford an animator or I can't afford an artist or a art designer or whatever. I'm going to have to do it myself. Or maybe that was a choice. That was a stylistic choice, in which case <laughs> that it was exactly the movie they wanted to make. But yeah, it, it definitely, uh, it's definitely original. It's definitely something I haven't seen before. And fuck, the more I'm thinking about, it, the more I actually like it. Yeah, so. it's one of those things. It's one of those things. You're not expected to like it. And we ended up, all three of us are recommending the movie. Yeah. Slight as it may be, it's a recommend, actually, an experience. It's an experience to, ch- to check out. And I'll, I'll, I'm, you know, I'm betting there's going to be some people who really love CryptoZoo. I mean, if you like yeah. to see naked lovers climb a friggin' security fence and come across a magical creature with a horn, guess what happens next, okay? So there, there's, there's things that happen. That's show, just, show it to your kids. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. This I recommend... Everyone show this to your kids. This is an animated film, I believe, on Friday, August 20th. Paw Patrol, the movie is also coming out, which we haven't screened as of yet. Your kids know what Paw Patrol is. They (laughs) don't know what CryptoZoo is. Take your kids to see CryptoZoo. They get to learn about animals. They they love minotaurs and they're big (laughs) hog. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yes, again, that is is, uh, Eric Holmes in jest. Oh! Yes. And the best part of the movie. It's an adult theme film, folks. I, I don't know how I forgot this. There's gremlins in this movie. Yes. I mean, they, they call them elves. We know what the fuck is up. They're gremlins. <laughs> okay. And, and I, I think that's a filmmaker's using cheat codes. It's like, Eric's going to hate this. Fuck it. Throw gremlins in it. Like, damn son of a bitch. <laughs> he against, got me. <laughs> against our own better judgment, all three of us recommend. Yes, we do recommend CryptoZoo. I remember Bruce Perky, I think it was on that Thursday or that Wednesday night when he got received the screening link. He he threw, threw that opening salvo of, of like, what the F am I watching? And that scared me off of it <laughs> for the next four or five days. And that was, yes. He wasn't wrong, was I? You were not wrong. So again, that is CryptoZoo available everywhere on Friday, August 20th. Now available currently everywhere is a movie that I foisted on Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes 
here's the thing. The reason why I foisted it on them, I feel really bad. It's 140 minutes, folks. I, 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 you know, and I usually don't want them to watch anything over 90 or 95 minutes. I love this film so much. Hopefully, at least one of them gives it a recommend. It's set during the post-World War II Indonesian War of Independence. It centers on, a, on Johan, a young Dutch soldier who, who's in the war and he wants to make a difference, but he gets mentored by this really interesting military officer. You don't know what side he's playing for. His name is the Turk. And under the tutelage of the Turk, Johan has a different look on how war should be should be conducted, coordinated, and ultimately he might have a falling out with the Turk, which leads to a lifelong situation, lifelong, I guess, re- repercussion. The movie is set in the war at during wartime, and it's also set in present day as we get to see how Johan is actually very how he's affected by the war. So that is the East. The lead actor in this is someone I interviewed last week. His name is Martin Luckmeyer, and I think he's very, very good in this movie. I think that. But maybe Eric and Bruce have, di- have different thoughts. Eric, let's start with Eric Holmes. Your thoughts on The East. Starting off, I was getting really bored with this movie because it's it's the same uh, same kind of war movie. I, you know, uh, you know, who's the real monsters of war, blah, blah, blah. You know, the, the whole idea of, you know, you go in with an idea that you want to, I, I joined the military to fight for freedom or whatever. Uh, you know, what, whatever reasons you go into the military and as things progress, you know, you become dirty, like spiritually dirty or however you want to put it. And then you end up becoming the, uh, you end up becoming the enemy. And that's kind of, I'm guessing that's pretty much what the theme of this movie is about the halfway mark all the way up until the end. I, I love this movie. I was very angry at certain parts and I, you know, you know, similar to uh well, oh, shoot. What's the name of the movie? The, the documentary we just did last week. Oh, what was the, that? Not, was not so... going quietly. Okay. So, right. so, same, same deal with that. There was just parts on it where I'm just like, Ugh! you know, just getting pissed off. But I think that's, I think that's what the movie's trying to, trying to do, you know, trying to trigger you and, you know, make you think about certain things. And it, uh, it, it definitely gets to a, uh, a, first blood a sort of ending i kind of wish there was a little more of that because there was a lot of torture and murder before that part yeah it's like oh i get it and then they cut away for a bit and then they cut back to, and it's like oh you're still doing this please stop doing it and just, i just I, I just wanted to reach through the i just want to reach to the screen and and grab the gun out of the dude's hand and you know shoot the other guy yeah there was i i, I had problems with the uh characters Ethically, not how the characters were written, but I had problems with how the characters were acting ethically. Does that that make yeah, sense? Sure. Not, not, yeah. an, not an issue with the writing, yeah. not an issue with the filmmaking, but the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I just wanted to smack them upside the head and go, "Look, you're no better than you know these people you're fighting," which is totally the totally the point. But yeah, that, the, it, this movie frustrated me, triggered me, and I ended up loving it because of all that. How's the ending for you? Very good, very good. Uh, that last, the last yeah. shot, uh, <laughs> that was wow. uh, yeah. that was not expecting that. I I was actually expecting something completely different, and yeah, that that ending was something else. I know what Bruce Perky is thinking. He's always that Greg Srizavasi, all it takes is one interesting visual sequence and he's all over the movie and he loves it forever. And he is such a friggin' Brian De Palma fan. Look at this guy. Was that what you were thinking, Bruce? What did you think of the East? No, I, I, I quite like this movie pretty much mostly throughout a little more than Eric throughout. Although I'm a little bit with Eric is that it had to kind of, it had to kind of grow its uniqueness on me as it kind of went along. Uh, and I think part of that was just you had to kind of get into the rhythm of it. You had to kind of figure out what was the logistics of what's actually going on here. Because this is going to obviously be, for American viewers, it's probably going to have a kind of a Vietnam-like idea to it, even though it's not Vietnam. But it's going to kind of have that feel or, or, or echoes of that, which is, is good to have in some ways because it, you know, it talks about colonialism. It talks about you know, Westerners not really understanding what's going on in this place. But I think the strength is as you sink into it, because it is longer, it gives you time to really sit with the character and really start to understand like more than just the, I'm a soldier going on a, going on a mission. I'm getting shot at. I'm getting hardened. You get to see the town life. You get to see, you know, a lot more, I guess, color and depth to the whole world that they're in, which, so when the final act starts happening, 
I think it has more impact because of that. I think it's stronger because of that. Also, I think that to me, the flash forward sequences throughout the movie, you're, you're seeing little bits of how he's living and coping with his after war life. I think that stuff really helped it too. I think that gave it a really interesting, a really interesting mood, I think, because you knew he was heading that direction and kind of seeing how he gets there. I, I really liked it. I thought it was good. And I love the ending too. I thought, I agree as, as well with Eric that that final, what would you say, half an hour or so is pretty, oh, yeah. pretty intense. I mean, it's intense throughout and it's intense in different ways. It's intense in like the, you know, the shocking aspect. It's intense in kind of an action aspect like he's talking about. And then just the, the finale is, is a great kind of a gut punch. So it, this is, this is a solid war movie. I think people who like, solid you know good war movies i think they'll 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 dig this you know what's cool about what we do for our, our podcast is the fact that we have these movies like crypto zoo and the east and there's all these other movies coming out on friday that we can't watch because they're in they're in the major theaters and most people will have to actually find these movies on digital on demand and i'm so glad that we actually look whatever we thought of crypto zoo it's an original vision <laughs> yeah the, the east it's a dutch film holland not many people not many people in the U.S. are going to watch the East, but hopefully if you're listening, listeners, give the East a shot. It's a, a strong recommend for me. Solid. I'm assuming solid recommend for you and for you guys, too. Yeah. I, I, back to the beginning the, the or the first half, I, I guess where I fell off on that was I kind of already saw where the movie was going. So I'm kind of like, let's let's wrap this up. Like, let, let's get to the shit because we know it's coming. But yeah, it, it's not bad. And that that last half is so worth it. And I, I, I would definitely recommend it, but no, it will be triggering and it does get very violent at the end. Can we call out the performances? I mean, the two core performances in this movie are really good. The Turk, who's he played by? Marwan? Yeah, Marwan, yeah. Marwan. And uh, Martin that plays uh, Johan, they're both, I mean, if they both didn't work like emotionally and viscerally really well i think this movie wouldn't be half as good so yeah yeah i hope more people get to see the east i'm so glad i'm so glad both of you guys really enjoyed the film i was i was getting really worried that maybe 140 minutes would have been too much for you guys to take especially with this movie but obviously not so again that is the east it's available everywhere on digital on demand also just fyi on our podcast show notes there will be links to how to rent purchase these films that we're reviewing if you actually purchase these on our show notes via our our amazon links we all me bruce eric we receive a small commission from your purchases thank you as well as our buddy over in cinematics anderson cowan so both our podcasts cinematics and find your film we receive a cut of it, whatever you rent or purchase via our Amazon links on our podcast show notes. Thanks again. Okay, we are now done with our featured reviews. We are going to our recommendations and quick quick recommendations. I'm going to start with Eric first because he is recommending a movie that I can't even pr- friggin' pronounce. It's called Fando Elise. Fando E Y and then Elise is L I S. I mispronounced it. I'm assuming. Eric, what is this movie? I don't even know. Oh, I, I believe you were correct. It's Fondo Elise. Okay. Uh, it's uh, two Fondo characters. What? what? What is this? About a guy named Fondo and uh-huh. his girlfriend, Lise, or maybe wife. This is a movie by Alejandro Jodorowsky. And this is, I, I, I made a post on cinematics kind of comparing it to Lord of the Rings and Wizard of Oz. And it's it reminded me of that because it's so, how do I explain this? <laughs> Is trying to is like Greg trying to explain crypto zoo. <laughs> so there, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of weirdness at the top that you know is very has a lot of symbolism and all that. But the the main story is Lise can't walk. She can stand, but she can't walk. And so her boyfriend or husband Fondo he puts her on this cart, and they're going to this place called Tar. And Tar is this legendary place that they go to that pretty much tar is whatever you want it to be or whatever you need it to be it's it, it's really uh internal a lot of this movie is uh, a lot of it is uh like metaphor and you know what it means to you what it means to the characters and as they're heading towards tar they come across a bunch of interesting characters you know they come by this uh it, it's all in black and white so i can't tell exactly what it is but it looks like mud and like these people are just asleep in mud and they wake up and it's just really trippy looking. A lot of it takes place in a rock quarry. 
Uh, they they just come up. They come across like all these really strange characters, and it's doesn't really make sense until you get to the end, and then it kind of does. It's it's a total dream logic type type of movie. And then I followed this up with the Holy Mountain, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of uh, Fondo carting Lisa around in a wheelbarrow, it's uh, sort of a, a take on Jesus, like a, a satire of religion in general. And actually, Alejandro Jodorowsky, I believe he's playing God or some character like that. Uh, and he, <laughs> there's a scene that uh, he has a Jesus take a shit in this beaker thing. And then they, it goes through this whole thing and it makes gold. And it's like, I turned excrement into gold that needs to be like you. You are excrement. You need to turn yourself into gold. So watching these movies back to back is a hell of an experience. And uh, I'm glad I watched a couple movies after Crypto Zoo. Because watching Crypto Zoo, Fondo Elise, and Holy Mountain as a triple feature probably would have been a bit too much. Would have broke you. (laughs) Yeah, right. It, it did, but uh, it was still kind of a neat experience because Alejandro Jodorowsky, his, his movies are really challenging. But I found that, like, watching two of them back to back, I'm starting to get in the rhythm of what he's what he's trying to do and what he's trying to say. I'm not catching everything because his movies are dense, like just with symbolism and trying to unwrap that present is uh, is pretty daunting. But to watch both movies back to back and get in that that mind frame, I kind of want to just do a Yodorowsky marathon and just watch like all of his movies front to back. But I think that might kill me if I did that. So <laughs> I will not. But I would definitely recommend trying these out. If you're familiar with them, then you probably I think most people already know about Holy Mountain. But uh Fondo Elise is more of a uh more of a love story. Like a fable fable type? Yeah, kind of, uh, but it, it it's definitely a love story, and there there's a lot of uh, I- ideas of relationships falling apart and get back together, and just uh, being dysfunctional sometimes, most dysfunctional most of the time, and then functional sometimes. And it's got a lot to say, and I certainly did not pick up on all of it because again, these movies are dense as hell, and you could you could spend years just trying to pick them apart. Listeners, a reason why Eric Holmes decided to watch a couple of Jodorowsky's films, Fondo Elise. What was the other movie? Fondo Elise and The mm. Holy Mountain. The ho- my bad. The Holy Mountain, which you have. Yes, thank you for that. Showing on the Blu-ray for our YouTube channel, our Deepest Dream YouTube channel. Check it out. Check us out via our YouTube channel. You'll see the video version of Eric holding up that Blu-ray disc. The reason why Eric is doing this is because Jodorow- Alejandro Jodorowsky is one of the favorite filmmakers of Lose the Flower of Evil filmmaker Juan Diego Escobar Alzate. You mentioned Jodorowsky in our interview. Our interview with Alzate will be up along with our weekly podcast. So that should be really interesting. Both of those should be in our feed. We don't go into Jodorowsky as much in the Alzate interview, but we do mention stuff like Jalo and Westerns and all that stuff. Okay, so that is Eric's recommendations for this week. Bruce Perky, what is your recommendation for this week? Uh, mine was kind of a palate cleanser too. I kind of went the other way. I went less <laughs> trippy and more like, I guess, meat and potatoes entertainment. But it is odd in its own way. And that is a movie called Blood Red Sky. And it's on Netflix, a 2021 movie directed by Peter. Well, I don't know how to pronounce it. Peter Thorwath or Thorvath. I think it might be. Um, I don't know where this movie's made. It, it's definitely... Uh, I didn't look up the uh, the country of origin on this one. So, and actually, this was slightly recommended by Peter Beta from Middle Class Film Class. We might hear him a little later or something he has made before. Anyway, Blood Red Sky is one of those movies that doesn't sound like it would work, and it shouldn't, but it does. And it is a basic concept. It starts with a plane landing precariously at an airport. It has obviously been hijacked. And they've got the military all surrounding it, ready to go at it. And out from the uh, storage bay, a small child drops out and they start to question him. Oh, and there's one guy in the cockpit and they're about ready to kill him. And he's, no, 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 don't kill me. Don't kill me. And they're like, they don't know what's going on. They don't know what happened other than it got hijacked. And then the little kid starts telling the story, flashback. You see right before the plane takes off. And you think, oh, it's going to be a cool, exciting hijacking story, which it is. One twist which I'm going to tell you the twist because that's on the posters and everything. The twist is the boy's mom just happens to be a vampire. 
And therein lies the weirdness of this movie. Uh, I don't even tell you anything else. It's a good hijack movie. It's a really good vampire movie. And the two together shouldn't work, but they do. And it's a ton of fun. It's violent. The vampires are awesome looking. You even get into a little bit of a background onto how she became a vampire, a couple little mini flashbacks. And the rules of vampirism in this are really fun. They're not like a huge departure from what you normally get, but there are some fun little twists that add to the tension of this hijack. So I would say check this one out. It's really fun and pretty pretty great in both categories. So that is Blood Red Sky available on Netflix. Am I okay? So that sounds very good. I get to check it out next week. Eric Collins, what do you think? Blood Red Sky. Yes, yes. Only if the vampires sparkle. Otherwise, not interested. <laughs> you know what? My only problem with Blood Red Sky should be more cryptoids, cryptids in this movie. <laughs> should be more cryptids. Well, in- technically, I guess a vampire would be a cryptid. That's a, it? Yes, that's very good. There maybe. should be maybe. So, Blood Red Sky or Cryptozoo? Bruce, lay down the hammer. Oh. <laughs> Blood Red Sky. I'm sorry, CryptoZoo. <laughs> you tried. <laughs> hey, CryptoZoo. Come on. We, we threw you a bone. All three of us recommend your film. So you're going to be fine. Go. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, there's some images from that movie that I will never get out of my freaking head. I'm thinking, I'm still thinking about the horn right now. And, and, wow. Okay. My, my quick recommendation before we get to Bruce's What's in the Box pick. And and this time, I'm not going to forget your pick at the end like I did last week, like an idiot. But Quick recommendation on Apple Plus. There's this movie called CODA, C-O-D-A. CODA stands for Children of Deaf Adults. Deaf Adults, I believe. That's what it stands for. Centers on this girl. She's a child of deaf parents. Her brother's deaf, and they live in Gloucester, Massachusetts. They're a fishing family. Her father owns a fishing boat, and she goes out fishing with them, and they have a catch, and they're struggling financially. But she's also in high school, and she decides to join the choir, and that's the rest And most of her life has been spent being a deaf translator for her for her family. So she doesn't her love for music is actually does goes unnoticed, understandably unnoticed by her family because they are deaf. They don't they can't understandably appreciate the music and the songs that she has in her head or her or, or her singing. So she's kept this under wraps for most of her life until she decides to join the choir. And yeah, this is a very, very good movie. I'm looking at IMDb right now. It's 8.1 out of 10. And the actress playing her, her name is Amelia Jones. She plays the lead character, Ruby. Marley Matlin plays her mother, Jackie Rossi. Very memorable film. Love this movie. And I'm trying to look at the person. Yes, Eugenio Derbez. Eugenio, Eugenio Derbez plays Bernardo Villalobos. He plays a music teacher who inspires her to just think outside the box and pun intended and actually go and actually start really thinking about pursuing her singing as a career and as a dream. So that is Coda. It really did well in Sundance. I don't know what awards it won in Sundance, but this is this had a lot of Sundance momentum. Apple TV Plus bought it. This is a movie that everyone says, simply put, by the end of the movie, you're going to be crying. Yes, by the end of the movie, my eyes definitely got dusty. Really emotional parts. Look, think about this. You throw, you throw in a very resonant story like this, like Coda. You put in a Joni Mitchell song. What's going to happen? The inevitable. You're going to start crying. It's like, so if you want to actually cry and be emotional, go check out Coda. I had no idea that I believe Amelia Jones as Ruby. She's, I was, she's British. I had no idea. She's, she does. This is, in my opinion, a star making performance from Amelia Jones. Again, Coda available now on Apple TV plus. And that is my recommendations. We're done with our recommendations. And I have one thing to say to Eric, Eric, can, may I do the honors? Yes. Let's switch it up. Yo, Pete, drop that beat. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie! No! What's in the fucking box? All right, Bruce, what do we got this week for what's in the box? Did I do a good job? You did a good job. Okay, thank you, Eric. Next week, I thought it was pretty good. Okay, okay, Peter, the music helped. The music oh, after the music. that helped. Yes, right. the production. Thank you, Peter Beta from Middle Class Film Class for that. Now, Bruce Perky, you got a wild tale for us. Tell us about it. Yes, Wild Tales, which I've been hearing about forever and never got around to actually watching it. I think Eric watched it too, or he's seen it before at least. 2014, uh, I rented this. I don't think it's streaming for free anywhere. If it is, you can correct me, but I think you have to rent it or buy it. I would have bought the DVD or Blu-ray if I could have found it. Directed by Damien Ziffron, which I looked up his... IMDb and I 
think he's about to release another film. And I think it's the first film he's released since then, which is amazing when you watch this movie. This movie is incredibly polished and amazing for what it is. So it's going to be a little hard to describe because this is an anthology movie. But unlike most anthology movies, this movie is, I think, pretty effective throughout and really energetic. Amazingly, well, I wouldn't say it's always fun because it does get violent. It does get a lot of, there's a lot of revenge in this in this movie. I guess to me, it's all tied together with all of these different stories. Generally, they have they revolve around either revenge or somebody put in a situation where they just can't let something go. You know how, uh, kind of like falling down. Like if you take the idea, like emotional idea of falling down, but put it in a bunch of different situations, that's kind of what this movie is. You know, you have somebody who maybe was wronged and they encounter randomly the person who wronged their family. Or you have another situation where a road rage situation starts and it goes terribly out of control. There's a wedding where something goes down this is just fantastic entertainment throughout. Well, and I'd love well, to hear what Eric says too. Well, the problem with anthologies is there's only, and we'll get to your, sorry, Eric. There, sometimes there's something in that chain that doesn't work. And you say, okay, well, I ended up liking most of it. Were all of these six stories, Bruce, did they work for you? Were all of the tales strong? I think they were. I think they are all strong. And the, I mean, and it's not one of those movies where it has to have a host that, you know, introduces it to you or they don't have to have them all like, like one character across the other character's path and then that's the next story. It's nothing like that. It's just the thematics of it. The idea is, and, and it's, I usually have an anthology where it's not horror, you know, or, or something like that. This is, it's all about, you know, people in everyday life in some kind of situation encounters them that they can't get over and they just take it to the extreme. And I, I think it's really awesome throughout personally. Hi, Mark, Eric, for you too. Yes. Yes. Uh, I would say anyone interested, just watch the first bit on the airplane where the uh, everyone on the airplane's a vampire. Is that is that what this? That's exactly right. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that uh, that first one. Did I, you just do me again? Did you did you do the dune on on everybody? Did you did you throw that out? <laughs> no. Okay. That that but, is. Uh, but yeah, it's that, six years. It, it, it came out in 2014. So listeners, yeah, that, you... that, they're not vampires. They're, they're not really oh, okay. vampires. Okay. But uh, in fact, I don't think there, there's no, this doesn't really get supernatural. Not not that nope. I can think of. This is all like kind of, well, I, I would say the, the airplane one is the most, not supernatural, but the most unlikely of all of them. Yes. The most unlikely scenario. But dude, that, that, it, that end button. <laughs> like it's not your fault it's your parents next shot it's like oh god they're doing this aren't they they're fucking doing this well and also this movie like you know like a lot of anthologies every one of them is 15 to 20 minutes long like that first one's what like nine eight nine minutes maybe at the most yeah and then other ones are a little longer and some are really short i mean so it really varies it up and would you not agree that i mean i think they're all pretty darn strong although the car one has got to be i mean that's that one's amazing Oh, the uh, the parking ticket. I was yeah. thinking the road rage one. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying to think of what the Holy Mountain and Fando Elise fucked me up. What, what's the road rage one? Because I I know the the parking one. The road rage one is where the okay we're not gonna say we're not gonna tell through the whole story obviously, but the the one dude won't let the other dude pass, and when the guy finally gets past him, he flips oh, him off. Okay, and then it just goes very yeah. downhill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now now I know exactly what one you're talking about. That one. <laughs> Talk about other great endings that that one ended pretty fantastic. They, I, I think the the parking one's the one that hit most home most to me because it's like they're basically just gaslighting the guy throughout the whole thing. It's like, why do you gotta be so? Uh, uh. It's like, dude, dude's getting fucked over. And uh, I I think most people could watch that one and totally relate to it. And I don't condone what happens at the end of that <laughs> one, but like Chris Rock says, I wouldn't have done it, but I understand. <laughs> So that is Wild Tales. Not, I guess, as Bruce, as as of this recording, not available for streaming, but available for rental. That has, that is how Bruce Perky actually checked it out. I believe it's probably, if I recall, it was out on Blu-ray or DVD. I'm gonna have to check that out. Maybe I'll purchase that as well just to check out. I think it's even worth owning on physical media. Correct, Bruce, on that. I would say so, and I don't want to let leave behind that this is super stylish too. This is not like dry filmmaking. I mean, it's and but it's not way over the top. It's it's character driven. 
but it's got a lot of style as well. And it, I'm just amazed this guy hasn't produced uh, several more movies, at least. This would be a good a- example of a movie that does everything kind of perfectly. The The shorts are exactly as long as they need to be. The style, you know, as Bruce was saying, the stylistic choices are just stylish enough, but not too so much so that it takes away. Like everything's kind of exactly what it needs to be for it, their particular shorts. And uh, yeah. And even it, like, and I mean, it's an anthology movie. So watch the, watch the first one, you know, pause it, go do whatever, come back, watch the second one, pause it, you know, maybe watch something else, you know, it, or just watch it front to back. I mean, I can't imagine anyone not want, you know, at, after getting past that airplane one, I can't imagine anyone going, I'll, I'll take a break from this for a while. <laughs> Like the stories are, I mean, the, the name wild tales is pretty apropos. <laughs> that was wild. Let's see what, let's see what, let's see what they come up with next. Okay. So that is wild tales. Again, you can rent it. It's probably on digital on demand right now, as we speak also available, I'm assuming on Blu-ray and DVD to Bruce's point, this movie, that, that movie wild tales directed by Damien Sifron. I believe that's the pronunciation. I'm wondering. He, he mentioned a movie that's coming out. That movie is Misanthrope, comes out expected, TB, TBD, the year 2022, so next year. And the slugline is, the plot line behind this movie is, quote, a cop is recruited by the FBI to help track down a murderer. Sounds like a very simple plot, but I guess if Wild Tales sounds interesting, this, I'm sure Damien has his own twist on the matter. This will be interesting, though. It stars, the top line stars are Shane Lee Woodley and Ben Mendelsohn. Wouldn't it be interesting if the cop is Ben Mendelsohn and the murderer is Shailene Woodley? That would be awesome. Yes. That was that would be. I hope he does something that kind of crazy. Yes, this, the okay. So Wild Tale is really good. The cast so far sounds really good, and I predict Bruce is going to hate it. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> we'll see what we say next week when eventually Misanthrope comes to our podcast. But before you know what, before we go, before we go, let's hear what is currently in the box that bruce Burke has to pick lead it away eric what's in the box bruce, hey, bruce. well what's in that box well you know what well, there can't be anything be, no that's i got an idea so this is gonna be interesting because i don't have access to the box right now because of the weird circumstances so i'm calling an audible yes and i'm gonna do next week the movie i'd never heard of before that was mentioned by Juan Diego Escobar Alzate, and that is Valerie and her week of wonder. Oh, Vela. Oh, Valerie and her week of wonder. Okay, suggested by Juan Diego Escobar Alzate. Oops, bad news, Bruce. To rent that, to rent Valerie, it is five hundred dollars on Amazon, right next to the <laughs> for possession. Good luck with that, buddy. <laughs> so, I'm gonna figure it out. You're gonna figure it. Out. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna like, dude. You know, hook me up, man. <laughs> You know, that is, by the way, that, that video is probably on a physical media. It's probably hidden within the forest of that tree branch that's in Lose the Flower of Evil. If you want to see Bruce somewhere in Latin America, he's going to be hunting for Valerie for next week's What's in the Box. Pick. Speaking of Possession, did you see Possession is getting a 4K release this year and it's getting re-released in the theater this fall? Are you excited about that? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How much did you spend for your DVD for possession again? How much, or you get you got it for like, cheap, right? Like 20, 20 something bucks. And then it's on eBay for. I mean, it's been selling how much for how much on Amazon? Probably fifty. I bucks mean, that now? Blu-ray is like 70, 80 bucks, depending on what. Yeah, it it can be pretty fifty to eighty bucks. Yeah, or that's, more. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, so f- that's it. That w- that was a meaty. We, we had a meaty day. We we had we had lose the flower of evil talk ad nauseum in a good way. I mean, ad nauseum is a positive word, you know. Ad nauseum. I, I think that's a good thing to say. All right, take it's, two. Go back. Start that over. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. One day. Still thinking of crypto zoo. He got all media. Yeah, yeah. Crypto what we love your talk. we love fla- lose the flower of evil. We we love it. Also, I forgot again. We still have the lose lose the flower of evil giveaway. You must. I was going to say, you must be a member of the Cinemax Facebook group. No, no, forget that. As long as you're listening to this right now, email Eric Holmes at hamslime at gmail.com. That's ham, H-A-M, slime, which is me, hamslime at gmail.com. And email Eric Holmes with a subject heading, lose the flower of evil giveaway. He will put you on a list and we will randomly generate the numbers who actually email Eric Holmes a request to, to receive the giveaway. Eric Holmes is sending all of this. Yes, there's four items. Yes, Eric. Yeah. 
I, I will add that if you send me an email for a lose and you don't win anything, or even if you do, you'll be on the list. So if you've been on the list in the past or you get on the list now, you'll be on the list for any time we do a random drawing. Okay. Yes. That was very generous for, for Eric to say. So definitely email Eric for lose and for future giveaways that he's going to do. A lot of them come from, yes, Entertainment, which he hasn't been, he's been going to. Have you been to Entertainment recently, Eric, to check out some stuff? Yes, I have. Okay, cool. And I might be going again soon. And I, it's a good thing you brought that up because we haven't had an entertainment giveaway in some time. So okay. maybe something might be coming up soon. We will see. But let's finish the lose giveaway first. And then maybe we'll get back to the entertainment giveaways. And again, thank you so much to Juan Diego Escobar Alzate. This, this, this giveaway was actually, he actually gave Eric a lot of this really primo items from his film. So that was really cool. And credit to Eric Holmes for actually building that bridge to the filmmaker and getting us this interview for this week and double credit to Bruce Perky for actually supporting us this week. And actually, and his car, how are you doing in the car? Are you, are you getting uh, are you breathing? Okay. How are you feeling out, out there in the car? I should have opened the garage door. But in honor of midsummer, I'm not, I know. Oh no, that's terrible. What did I do? I, I, I thought we were just getting boring. boring. I just saw Bruce <laughs> start going, <laughs> you know what next year next year okay so today's wednesday august 18th you guys should be listening to this the following thursday or hopefully or you know if i'm lazy on friday but on august 18th this is august 18th 2021 on august 18th 2022 to com- commemorate the year of bruce perky in a car doing a remote from his iphone mic we will have bruce perky again in a car but this time we will ramp up the stakes he will be in a bear outfit and there will be a match that will be lit aflame during the podcast we will see how long he might he might survive this first segment we'll see that, that what do you guys think eric what do you think of that midsummer that celebration fire that sounds fire <laughs> Bruce, are you ready for the bear suit in the, in the match you ready for that i'm so ready for it yes <laughs> and eric will also to celebrate midsummer he will be uh, doing a remote from a cliff at the end of the episode he might jump that's another midsummer reference and what am i going to be I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to take the easy way out. I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the 50 year old Asian dude in the nice uh, flowery dress at the end, smiling. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of where I was going to go with that. <laughs> All right. As per usual, Bruce Perky, you have the final thought. Well, I'm thinking Juan Diego Escobar Alzate has mentioned that his, the look of his movie was based on both Sound of Music and The Wizard of Oz. And tonight I was in the path of a tornado. So all I can say tonight on the way out is there's no place like home. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Great ending, Bruce Berkey. Talk to you guys soon.